Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to the third consecutive W for the Denver Nuggets on the road this time in San Antonio, completing the home and home and completing a mini sweep of the Spurs on Monday night. It was 115 to 109 in a game that was largely unremarkable uh, from like any sort of, you know, big picture takeaway. Um, But there are still takeaways nonetheless and 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 maybe i just misphrased that maybe maybe there is a bigger a big picture takeaway um than than i let on and that is the nikola jokic jamal murray two game two man game that guys is flourishing right before our eyes flourishing in 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 the first now, second week of November, as I'm recording this on Tuesday, November 8th, uh, Tuesday morning, that is, I say flourishing, that's uh, a different from rediscovering. I, I honestly um, was under the assumption that the first 10, 15, even 20 games of the NBA season was going to be a rediscovery period, a try to get back up to speed period. And you are seeing, and it started last week, we talked about it on the, on the most recent episode uh, against Oklahoma City, but now you got it in spades in the last two games against the San Antonio Spurs. Now, are the San Antonio Spurs some great shake? No, they're not. I expect them to be one of the five to seven worst teams in the league uh, when the sample size um, really gets extrapolated. But if you're Jamal Murray and you hadn't played basketball in, you know, like 600 days or whatever it was, the fact that we're seeing the synergy get reproduced even in flashes the way that it used to is so wildly encouraging. Like you can't, you can't overstate it. So maybe that is a big picture takeaway because I I didn't really sit down and say, okay, this is where I expect Jamal to be at this benchmark in the season. And this is where he should be from this benchmark in the season, because it's so fluid and like, undefinable really like your eyes have to tell the story but but here's what I do know here's what I do know. I, I, I don't have that I don't have that rigid plan of like Jamal Murray's return to being Jamal Murray but I do uh, feel comfortable saying this I did not expect it to see what we're seeing this early in the season I, I just wasn't you know and we're watching a guy even week over week thinking less and there's a handful of um, things that you can look at where he's just hooping. He's just out there playing with his instincts. And, you know, to be, um, like I said, you know, 10 games and he took a, he took a game off. So he's only played uh, nine games. I hope I have that right. Um, to, to, to see a guy just hooping and operating on instinct. Again, there's a handful of plays that you can look to. Um, 
One, uh, him coming, this was in the first half, him coming down the left side of the floor and finding a no-business angle from high glass with his right hand. So coming down the left side of the floor, finishing with his right hand underneath the armpit of the defender and finding that angle high glass. That's a that's an instinct play. That's a that's a Hooper's play. Um him coming down, he had a possession, I believe it was I believe it was the second quarter, um, that he came down and left his feet with the intention of passing to Jokic, diving down the middle of the lane. And once again, he was on the left side of the floor. So he's coming downhill on the left side of the floor off the bounce, and he leaves his feet to pass to Jokic, who he thinks is diving. But Jokic kind of stalled and didn't uh, 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 dive all the way down the lane. So Jamal, who probably shouldn't have left his feet to pass, I hear my college coach in my head, saying never leave your feet to pass um, because you don't leave yourself an exit plan if the pass isn't there. Well, that was the situation in that moment. Jamal leaves his feet. Jokic isn't where he thinks um, that he was going to be. And in the air, he pivots. I don't mean pivot with his feet like in the literal sense, in a basketball sense, but he pivots in his mind to a different decision and switches hands and finishes it off the glass as well. Like, again, that's just a guy that's hooping. I'll fast forward to the fourth quarter. Nuggets are down a point, and he's running a two-man game with uh, Nikola, and he, he, he uh, it's like a little pick and roll, and he drags both defenders with him and just instinctually behind the back pass, but almost like pocket, like a pocket behind the back pass. It was from his hip, bang, hits Jokic, uh, cutting who I believe dunked it, to take a one-point lead. This was in crunch time. This is, this is reminding me of what this used to look like, particularly in the last five minutes of that basketball game. Because this was a toss-up. This was actually a toss-up. It probably shouldn't have been if the Nuggets committed themselves better defensively, even for four or five more minutes. I think the Nuggets win by you know 12 to 15 points as opposed to six. I think if Jokic is more aggressive, they win by 12 to 15 points instead of six. But, but, but separate from that, it wasn't. It was a coin flip game on a Monday night on the road against a team that you just beat 48 hours earlier. And it was Jamal and it was Jokic. That's who closed that game. And they did it in such a fluent fashion. It just it brought you back and reminded you what it it looked like uh, just a couple years ago when they were the best finishing uh, two-man group in crunch time, uh, five uh, points or less with under five minutes to play. They were number one. And uh, you, you caught shades of that once again. So that is really, really, really encouraging. And the fact that you're seeing... Let's 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 move on to Michael Porter Jr. here. The fact that you're seeing Michael Porter Jr. continue to play well as well as he has offensively, um, the sample's getting a little bit bigger here, and MPJ is still looking terrific. Now, there's a, still a lot to be desired uh, defensively. There's no doubt about it. Um, uh, McDermott, uh, Dougie McBuckets, who is a freaking one of my favorite college players to watch playing for his dad over there in Omaha at Creighton, uh, one of the great college basketball scorers of all time. 
Um, high draft pick hadn't panned out the way that you, you would have liked to on draft night, but really good, you know, solid, serviceable NBA player. Uh, he was he was targeting MPJ a bit there um, and having his way. I mean, he was he was getting after he was get, get, getting in his ass, if you will. Um, and there's a lot to be desired there. There's a reason that MPJ didn't close the basketball game and Bruce Brown did. It's certainly something to watch. But man, offensively, he is just continues to be what looks like the very best version of himself. 24 points, 9 of 16 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, a perfect 2 for 2 from the free throw line, pulled down 6 rebounds, was close on a couple others. I thought that could have been 8 or 9 if the ball uh, bounces way better. Um, but And we've talked about this through the year. Like MPJ has an opportunity to be an elite uh, rebounder. Uh, um, uh, both offensively and defensively, um, you know, th- there's one that I don't think is going to show up in the statue. He pulled down the offense. He, well, he didn't pull it down. He he competed for it, um, and 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 knocked it off the um, a Spurs player, and, and the Nuggets retained possession. I'm not sure if he got credit for that or not. But when he's active on the glass, he just adds another element to his game. And because defensively, there's still so much to be desired. You don't want it to be, um, you know, uh, this or that. You know, all or nothing, boom or bust. So when he adds that layer on the glass uh, to pair with the uh, terrific offense, it's just another layer to mitigate what uh, is lacking defensively. So let's continue to watch MPJ on the glass. I thought he was really good on Monday night. Um, but continuing to shoot it well from three. Had a big four-point play down the stretch of that second quarter when the Nuggets were really buckling down defensively um, and, and, and took a lead there uh, late in that second. I think they were down five and you know came back, and really you just saw like, oh, this is what they look like when they want to guard. Um, but Michael Porter Jr. to once again be 50% from three. It's like... You know, that was on the heels of being 50% from three, which was on the heels of being 50% from three. Like, this is three straight games where he's been three of six, three of six, four for eight. On the season now, let's see if I can, uh, he's shooting um, just over 49% from three. That's really hard to do. Um, I don't care how young it is in the season. Like, across a 10-game sample, it's freaking hard to do. It's freaking hard, man. And you go back to the first game against Utah, 2 of 4, then 5 of 10, then 5 of 10, then 4 of 8, then 4 for 5. Outside of one uh, tough shooting night on the road against the Lakers, if you took that out, I bet MPJ shooting like 55, 56% from three. I mean, it's just, it's it's special. It looks special. Um, it can also look awkward at times. You know what I mean? Um it can look it can look a little bit awkward when he's trying to get to the rim, but then he like finds a way to get there, and usually uh, more often times than not makes it work, um, unless it's being stripped from him. That does still continue to happen, and you know we'll continue to watch that. He's got to be a little bit stronger with the basketball. Um, what else here? Let me pull up uh, my notes from the game. Um, oh, just the general efficiency of this basketball team offensively. They put a graphic. Um, up on the screen on the altitude broadcast that right now the Nuggets are averaging 116 points a game. That's a top 10 number in the NBA right now. I expect that um, their their actual slotting in the league right now, which is seventh. I ex- I'm expecting that to get better even. Um, so their 116 points is seventh in the NBA. 
Their field goal percentage of 50%, 49.8, is number one in the NBA. Three-point percentage, they're shooting nearly 43% from distance. That's number one in the NBA. And fast break points, they're, they're getting 18 a game. That's a top five number landing at fourth in the NBA. So I just gave you five stats there. Points per game, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, um, Oh, and then and then and then the one the one that I left out there was assists per game. The Nuggets are averaging twenty eight assists per game. They had thirty three on Monday night against San Antonio, so that number is only going to creep up a, a little bit more. But that is third in the NBA, guys. So seventh in points per game, first in field goal percentage, first in three point percentage, third in assists per game, and fourth in fast break points. That is stellar, but not stunning. Knowing the personnel of this team and and the um, the uh, efficient way that they want to play and getting good shots and passing down good shots for great shots and just the overall synergy of this team is great right now. I mean, it's it's really strong, and you know, I'll I'll point uh, to two moments that I just put in my notes. Um, that I want to touch on briefly. These are never going to lead Sports Center. Okay, <laughs> you're never going to see this in the in the bottom ticker or in a box score. But I do think it's relevant for teams that want to be really, really good, even great. There's a moment there in the second half where Bruce Brown is on the breakaway with Jeff Green. Okay, Jeff Green's on the right side of the floor. Bruce Brown's coming down the, on the left side of the floor. It's a two on one. Okay, you're taught. Uh, from a young age, and this has changed a little bit in time, but, you know, <laughs> bounce pass layup, guys. It's not sexy. Bounce pass, lay- bounce pass layup or bounce pass dunk or alley-oop or whatever, right? But you figure a way to take advantage of that um, odd man rush in a downhill situation. And Bruce Brown calls for the alley-oop from Jeff Green. Well, Jeff Green definitely saw it, and he ends up taking it himself to the basket, and it ended up working out. He ended up finishing at the rim. Um, well, Brown, right after it happened, immediately puts his head down, puts his head down right after the bucket and runs back on defense, okay? The very next possession, the very next possession, Brown winds up on the breakaway with Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And in that moment, a hooper who thinks he has a ready-made bucket on the breakaway and doesn't get it from his teammate and is now in the exact same situation in a two-on-one, but he's got the ball this time, a lot of teams and a lot of guys would go in the business for themselves and do the exact thing that your teammate just did, and that's take it to the bucket. Bruce Brown's a really good athlete. He could find a way to do that. What did he do? He gave an on-time bounce pass to KCP for a layup. He gave his teammate the exact play that he wanted on the very possession before. I just think from a cultural standpoint, stuff like that matters. And that's why Bruce Brown is uh, uh, that's a microcosm of why he's such a good fit here. And then the other one, again, just from a cultural standpoint, Michael Porter Jr. doesn't finish this basketball game again. He is on the bench for the uh, conclusion of this game and Bruce Brown is in the game. When Jamal Murray made the behind the back pass to Nikola Jokic, it looked like the most exuberant one on the bench was Michael Porter Jr. And I was reading his lips, and he comes out and meets Jamal uh, Murray on the floor, and he's like, oh, my God, and just smiling ear to ear and just legitimately happy for his teammate. That's a big deal, especially with that guy. So the synergy and the energy right now is really good with this team. Um, 
and again, I, you know, you know, my my, my bigger takeaways: um, the Jamal Murray Nikola Jokic two man game, the Nuggets buckling down defensively when they needed to, uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s uh, uh, efficiency on offense continues and seems like he's bought in even when he's not finishing games in the fourth quarter. I, I just I'll put all that together with the three-game uh, winning streak. It bodes well. It's not perfect, right? Bones Highland has to take care of the uh, basketball better. Um, I thought DeAndre Jordan has been way better than I expected. I mean, he's been serviceable, and that's really all you're looking for in that backup center spot. I thought DeAndre Jordan, if you forced me to decide whether he was going to be definitely serviceable or a zero in the preseason. Um, given what I've seen in recent years, I probably would have said a zero. Um, he's proven me wrong. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's a welcomed, welcomed sight for sure. So um, those are a couple of the takeaways uh, from the Nuggets. Third win in a row, 115-109 uh, in San Antonio. Their next game is going to be, uh, at the time of recording, it's a Tuesday. It's going to be uh, on a Wednesday. All the teams in the NBA are off uh, for uh, Election Day. That'll be in Indiana against uh, the Pacers. And uh, looking forward to, to seeing if these guys can... Uh, Get this road trip started off on a really good foot. And when they're second in a row away from Ball Arena and they're fourth in a row uh, total. And you know that whatever happens on Wednesday evening in Indiana, we're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.